Pickaxe. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast and your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toflo. I'm joined as ever by Billy Garrett-John. How are you doing, Billy? Howdy, partner. How was your Christmas? I'm good. I've got COVID, but how was your Christmas? COVID again, bloody hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Christmas was lovely. It was a, a very nice day. Nice time was had by all. How was yours? Lovely New Zealand uh, Christmas, first one. Sunny weather for the last two days. You know, bit morose, not morose, that's the wrong word. Sad to not be home. But yeah. how lovely was it to have Doctor Who on, well, fuck, it wasn't even on Christmas Day for me, it was Boxing Day, but how nice was it to have <laughs> Doctor Who on Christmas Day for the first time since uh, Twice Upon a Time, is it? Wow, yes, it has been that long, hasn't it? It was, it was Peter Capaldi. Um, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, with an overnight of 4.62 million viewers, third for the day, more viewers on yeah. the night than the giggle got, interestingly enough. Um, Interesting. I'm kind written, of not surprised. It's Christmas Day. Every, everyone's around and pissed and they just put the telly on, don't they, in the background? That's true. And is, is that how this should be best watched in that state? Yes. Okay. I don't, uh, I don't I, think I, I was. I don't think I was drunk enough. I think either time people I watched can probably this. tell which way this is going, but I'm <laughs> I'm not saying anything yet for myself. Okay. Uh, written by Russell T. You're Davis. Putting me in front of the firing squad first. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Uh, directed by Mark Tonderai. Matt, can you tell me the other episodes that Mark Tonderai has directed? He did Rosa. Yeah. Did he do the Ghost Monument as well? He did. That was that South African block uh, that he was responsible yeah. for, for Series 11. Uh, right. And let's just get down to brass tacks. Matthew Toffolo, a.k.a. Batman March. What did you think of Doctor Who's 2023 Christmas special, The Church on Ruby Road? Uh, so I will... Let's, but I'm going to put a disclaimer out here. I've watched it twice. I've watched it twice. Same. The first time, I really did not like it. And no one in our household liked it. Um, it was like me, Annie and Johnny all sat on the sofa watching the telly and we were just a bit, a bit stony-faced throughout the whole thing. A bit um, stoned? Sort of, you know, that would have definitely heightened that would, the pleasure. No, that would have helped. It would have helped. I should have, I should have been stoned. No, yeah, we just... It's weird because it was it was Christmas Day. I, well, I was certainly worried that oh, are people going to start talking over it and all this kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, which is always a problem because obviously you're trying to hear stuff. I must say, um, I thought the audio mix on this episode was really bad. I agree. I, I was watching it through not an uh, inexpensive TV. Yeah. Uh, but not like a top of the range model. I don't know if I've just yeah. said the same thing there. Uh, but it was it was like an older LG TV and it was built right. in speakers in a good yeah. position, volume up to a decent level and balance between the app and the actual speakers. And um, I really struggled to hear stuff, yeah. but I listened to it today with nice headphones and that helped. Um, but I think partly to blame is Murray's score in some areas for that and the mixing of it. Um, yeah, I don't it's know how much of that just gets is lost in places. Yeah, it does get drowned out, which which is a classic criticism of yeah. Russell T Davis. I mean, we are back in the RTD era. We can't hear the yeah. dialogue. 
<laughs> so that that none of those things helped, I don't think. Um, and we went straight onto Twitter, as everybody does, to see what everyone else thought. And obviously, everyone loved it. And there was high praise across the board. You know, even the Radio Times were giving it like four stars and stuff, which I was quite surprised by um, because they can be quite quite harsh with their reviews. Um, I mean, they certainly were during the, the Whitaker era. And um, yeah, we were just... We were in a bit of a daze, really, because we kind of felt like, wow, are we, are, are we missing something? Why, why do we feel like the only three people on planet Earth that thought this was? I think a you bit, said bit crap. deflated. I think that was the word that you messaged me. I felt very deflated. I felt very deflated watching. Like when it finished, I was a bit like, wow, that's that's the start of the new era, is it? Poof. I felt a bit like that. Then when I saw everybody else saying, oh my God, it's amazing. Wah! And I was like, wow, really? It's like, what, what, what have I missed? Have I, was I watching the wrong channel? What, you what's going stoned. on? I wasn't stoned. No. Um, yeah. So I, I was feeling a bit like, I, I kind of left it feeling a bit like, my God, if this is, if this is what Doctor Who's going to be like going forward. Well, if it wasn't with this podcast, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about carrying on Whoa. watching it. And I, I really, I honestly, I really did. And I thought, and I'm going to say it now, I enjoyed the last two Jodie Whittaker specials, not Power of the Doctor, that was shit, but the the, the ones, <laughs> the New Year's specials. I enjoyed those more than I enjoyed Ruby no Road. No way would you take Legend of the Sea Devils over that. Oh, not that one. The, the New Year's specials. That was an Easter special. The Dalek ones. Okay. Either the Daleks and um, the one with okay. Captain Jack. Yeah. Um, or he who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I enjoyed those more than than this. But you're saying this after the first rewatch, the first watch. So, so you've watched it again subsequently. Yeah. And how has your opinion shifted, if at all? I enjoyed it more. And we all enjoyed it. Johnny hasn't watched it again. I don't think Johnny will ever, <laughs> will ever subject his retinas to that. Um, yeah, he, he he's he's not watched it. But we Annie and I came home Boxing Day and we were like, right, we're going to give it another go. And we both enjoyed it more. But again, we both came out of it kind of thinking like it was okay. And that was all. Okay. I can't see where all these people on Twitter who have been like, oh my God, it's such a, such a breath of fresh air and what a, an amazing start to the new era. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm a bit like, is it? Because I thought the episode itself, the actual story, the plot, I thought was pretty mediocre, if that. You know, I didn't wafer think there was- thin. Very wafer thin. Very wafer thin. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we need to talk about what we thought about our well, new well, doctor well, and new Well, hang companion. on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let, let me swoop in on, on swoop a rope in. and, yeah. you know, come to this story's defence. While the plot was waffle thin. Yeah. Um, I, I, I should say, I'm not being a total bastard. There were bits that I did really quite like. I'm sure we'll so come to those. Yeah. It wasn't like I was just sat there throughout the whole thing going like, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. You I know, wish this I was Legend of the Sea Devils. I wish this was Legend of the Sea Devils. No, you weren't doing that. Hey, at least I had Sea Devils in it. Come on. That's true. Um, 
I mean, to be fair, the sea devils did have more character than the goblins. Yeah, that's true. I, but then, look, look, I'm going <laughs> to say it. Christ, what has happened to this podcast? That Whap I'm off in. I'm fucking out. It's just, it's just turned into an absolute moan fest. Uh, Chris Chibnall sat over there. He's got guns <laughs> on my head. <laughs> no, Chris Chibnall's going, thank you. I was right. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he loved me. Um, it was a daft lads Christmas special, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the kind of thing. It, it, was, it was a Disney swashbuckling Disney fairy tale adventure that you stick on for the kids on yeah. Christmas. That was what it was. Yeah, yeah. And it, with, with, with the big musical number and the big dramatic set pieces and the action and a detestable villain, but we'll talk about Davina a bit more later and a little sprinkling of sort of magic in there. Um, I, so I agree with you that it was fine, but I, I don't think it needed to be any more than fine for the kind of the plot and for the story's sake. Mm. Because as you were about to say, let, let's talk about Shooty Gatwa as the 15th Doctor, because he is the most important part of, of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're talking about it as a story. And I think the thing that elevated this for me just for being fine was Shooty Gatwa. Because I yeah. think this was the perfect introduction for Shooty Gatwa as Doctor Who. I think okay. this was like watching a screen test happen in real time. It was like an yeah. audition because yeah. he was given a fucking gauntlet to run from beginning to end. He had to hit all the beats emotionally, physically. Yeah. He had all of that to do. He had to forge a relationship with his companion. He had to make this farcical fairy tale story feel like it had dramatic weight and urgency to it. Um, and I think he did all of that. And I can forgive the story being, I can forgive it being, you know, Christmas fluff yeah. for his part in it. Um, okay. Because I don't think I have clicked with an actor playing the Doctor so quickly. I, I really like Jodie from The Off. I, I, yeah. I liked her... I don't know what the right word is because obviously every doctor brings something different and I don't, it's not an aura. It's not an energy. It's just a sort of a feeling of wanting to be around that character. And I got that mm. with the 13th doctor. Right. And I see it when I, when I posted on Twitter uh, on the review of death account and I asked people what they thought of Shooty Gatwa, the same word kept popping up over and over again. And it was energy, 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 energy. And I, I think if you would put, it's difficult to say, because obviously you can't just, swap an actor out for another in your head yeah. and just think that it will be the same result or different even but <clears throat> he carried it and I think he made it you know passable for me on, on Christmas Day and on a subsequent rewatch to go fine I mean the, the story was what it was Doctor Who will have moments like this where they it's the Goblin King he's the Goblin King fine mm. they'll do that but yeah. Shooty Gatwa as the Doctor was the draw and he delivered for me I, I could have okay. cared less about what the story was about and what was going on there. But, Interesting. Yeah. See, I I kind of felt like... I think, obviously, the, the trouble is, as Doctor Who fans, we always end up drawing comparisons, don't we, to other stories. And especially, like, when it's a Doctor's first story, 
we always sort of think like, well, this is no, you know, this is this isn't, you know, I, I think the obvious one to draw a, a comparison to would be either Rose because obviously mm. that is the the story that kickstarted an era, and then obviously the Christmas Invasion because that is a first Doctor's new story set at Christmas time, um, and I don't think that this story had anything on either of those. It didn't, but it's also it doesn't need to introduce itself to an audience like Rose did. And also, no, you haven't true. got the Doctor in his jammies unconscious for 75% no. of the runtime, like the Christmas Invasion. Like, it was actually quite nice to encounter this Doctor without worrying I, about post-regenerative trauma, so oh you're, like, kind oh, of yeah. straight into him. Oh, totally, totally. And uh, Yeah, that would have been insane if they'd have done it otherwise. I th- yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that we got to see his Doctor as a fully formed Doctor, like in Rose, you know. Um... As for what do I think about Shooty, I like him. I enjoy most of what he did. I thought he had some really good scenes where I thought, oh yeah, I can see that I could probably get on board with your Doctor. Has he clicked with me as the Doctor yet? Not really. There's even, I I liked him more. I, well, I, I liked him the first time. That was one of the things that I did enjoy about the episode was him. I thought he he's great. Um, I liked him more the second time, but I, I don't know. There's just something yet to click, I think. Um, but I find that with all new doctors, you know, I love Peter Capaldi. It took me ages, even though on paper, you know, he should have been the doctor I like the most. And he probably is out of the new series doctors. It took me a good season before I really thought, oh, actually, yeah, you know, maybe even longer than that. Um, and I think that's just because he had some crappy stories that sort of hindered his performance. So, uh, so I think until I see, I think until I see him in a better story, I think that's the issue. Um, because you know what I always say that a story is a story is only ever as good as its baddies, and obviously the baddies in this were sort of something of nothing. Um, so I think until I see him have a have a real sort of meat and potatoes story uh, where he can really sink his teeth into it uh, and really have a real sort of doctory moment, you know? I don't know if I necessarily felt him have that, like, you know, <clears throat> I agree. I'm the I, I, I would agree with you. They didn't really give him that, yeah, that, um, you know, and basically run. They didn't give him that yes. bit, which, I, you know, it's fine. He'll get that. Yeah. But I, you know, uh, um, I, I think, think I would have liked to have had that in this story because I was sort of saying to Annie, you know, although years ago I was not a fan of David Tennant's Doctor. I mean, I'm, I, I like him a lot, a lot more now. Uh, you know, when you watch the Christmas Invasion or when I watched it when it aired back in 2005, as soon as those TARDIS doors open and he smiles and he's got his arched eyebrow and he says, oh, did you miss me? I was like, yeah, that guy's the Doctor. He sold me straight away. I don't know what it was, but something about him, I was just like, yeah, he's he's Doctor Who. Um, and I, I got moments of that, like little sprinkles of that throughout Shooty's performance in this episode. But I just, I think something just hasn't clicked for me to go, oh yes, he's Doctor Who. Um, I'll be honest, I think the part that kind of sabotaged it for me uh, was the bit in the club at the start. Do you know what's funny? Like the the club bit 
was the club bit, and that and and that was fine as an introduction for his Doctor. It's different, is is all it is. You know, we just haven't seen the Doctor in a setting mm. like that. But we know that the tenth Doctor likes to get smashed on banana daiquiris and put his yeah. tie on his head and wear his silly glasses. We, we know that the Doctor has a tendency to be in those scenarios. We just haven't really seen them in the middle of it before. You know, um, I think I think though with like other Doctors in those scenarios. I think the, the the issue that I have is like if you put the doctor I mean the thing is everyone has their own idea of what the doctor is um and I think Russell's idea of the doctor as a character is very different from say Stephen Moffat's and from Chris Chibnall's and certainly different from what I think of when I think of the doctor because I think a lot of people would say oh the doctor became far more of a pacifist character once Russell took over and all this kind of thing. So he has a very different view of the Doctor than, you know, other other writers, uh, which is fine. Um, but I think what I... If I was to put the Doctor in that sort of a scenario, the Doctor would always be a bit cringe in that scenario. Do you know what I mean? You would. I, I don't think you should ever see the Doctor in that scenario and think, oh yeah, he's a cool dude and he's, you know, he's... Busting moves and you know whatever the fuck people say about whatever young these days. people do, <laughs> whatever young people do. I mean, look, as someone who doesn't frequent clubs, you know, I like my doctor to be old miserable bastard. You know, like me, I don't want him to be going to the clubs and doing all the things that I would hate to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're jealous of him, is what it is. No, I'm not jealous. I was just like, oh God, I couldn't go traveling with his doctor. If he was like, come on, let's go down to the club. I'd be like, now nah, you're all right. I'll stay in the TARDIS and sit in the library for a bit or Take whatever. one of these and wait 20 minutes and then come in. <laughs> and, then, and then come in. Um, <laughs> I, People are I, just going to say, wow, Matt's just a real boring fart, isn't he? Well, yeah, but everyone knows that. But um, <laughs> I... I didn't mind it. It's just, it's different. It's his doctor. It's what his doctor does. I don't know. You know, like I, I, I kind of get the, the suave, cool thing being like a bit of a jarring, especially coming from somebody who was so, to a degree, emotionally stunted in some respects, like Jodie's doctor yeah. was, you know, where she had that real kind of, you know, she wouldn't know what to do in that scenario. She'd probably just stand no. in the corner and smile at people or, or go in and have a go and totally <laughs> bottle it or or look she'd, really daft, you know. She'd walk up to someone at the club and go, please don't tell me that your f family member's got cancer because I would be the worst person to speak to <laughs> oh, about this. All right, we've moved parties. <laughs> how long ago is that? Jesus Christ. Um, the thing that sold me on him as the doctor, because the, so obviously a lot has been said about the scene that followed the interior of the club because... From what we understand, oh yes, yeah, the yeah, exterior yeah. scene with the snowman was, and and the subsequent conversation with the police officer, I'm guessing, was added in at the behest of Disney, who wanted yeah. to introduce the Doctor, uh, I guess, in more of an action saving the world capacity yeah. than Russell had intended in the initial script. And yeah. while that whole sequence didn't necessarily sell it for me, weirdly. It was the look that he gave the snowman statue. It's just a shot of him coming out the club and he's looking over his left shoulder and there was just a look he gave because I've only ever seen him obviously as Eric in Sex Ed and I'm yeah. very yeah. new to that character having just finished the last season um, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. 
And Shit, wasn't it that last series? It wasn't very good, no. no. Um, really he, spa- he sparkled in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, he was fabulous. Oh, yeah, he was like the best thing. And I was watching it and I was like, I can imagine you are, I can see that you're a good enough actor. I can imagine you can make this jump. But it wasn't yeah. until I saw, there's a certain look he gave that, that, that he wasn't really doing anything. It was just a slight twinkle. And I just went, yeah, all right, you. And then when he came out of the snowman and he was talking to the lady with the pram and you saw the TARDIS over her shoulder, mm. there's, there's, some, there's some way that Russell likes to, I guess, frame the TARDIS in these introductory stories where yeah. it's just on the peripheries of this adventure starting. The TARDIS is just yeah. down that alleyway or whatever. And it's yeah. tantalizing, you know. And I yeah. was like, right, let's see how he commands walking up to this police box, opening the door, leaning out of it and having a conversation with this police officer. And yeah. it's those small things that for me start the chain reaction of going, yeah, you, yeah, okay, I get this. I get this. It's yeah. you. It doesn't I mean, need I, to I, be a massive action set piece. It doesn't need no. to be, uh, a, you know, a stoic, you know, there's a line in the sand. You do not cross this big, giant, yeah. angry robot. You know, this earth is protected, blah, blah, blah. It's those little bits. I think, how do you handle the the, the meat and potatoes of being Doctor Who? Wielding yeah. the Sonic. Being yeah. reassuring I mean, I think, to somebody. I think I liked all that sort of stuff when him and Ruby are tied up and he's basically explaining everything and getting into the, like you said, the meat and potatoes of what's going on. And I think techno-babble. he handled that very he handles well. That well. All, the, all the techno babble, you know, and all of the asides about, I mean, I love that bit when she says, oh, so they're time travellers and he sort of, he scoffs, you know, and he's mm. like, you know, and I, I love all that. I thought that was great. Um, I, and I, going back to what you were saying about that scene that Disney has to be put in. First off, I think, well done to Disney because yeah. they were right. I think that scene needed to be in there. I was trying to picture what it would be like without it. And I was like, no, that's yeah, weird. It been, like, why would you have not? Yeah, it would have been quite empty, I think. Um, I think for me, the, my issue with that scene and why I don't quite get that moment that you're talking about is because I hate that fucking costume so much. Really? I hate that leather jacket and that kilt. I think he just looks bloody <laughs> stupid. I, I don't think he looks cool. I think he looks daft. I Had forgot he, been doing he was it in his wearing that outfit, kilt. When he, when he stepped outside, I forgot he was wearing yeah. it. I, I was oh, obviously you, yeah. so aware of it in the club because he's twirling. Yes. Uh, yeah. And even so, it was just like, well, that's what he clubs in. That's what this doctor goes clubbing in, his outfits like that. It's fine. Yeah. But it was... Um, I, 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 I did, I, it just didn't, I, from the waist down, Shooty Gatwood didn't register for me. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't, I didn't see it. Um, his knobbly and, knees didn't. Uh, no, his, his, his knobbly knees and his high mind. socks didn't, didn't, no, it didn't do anything for me. It didn't rev anything. But I, I just, it's, you know, he's a clothes horse. He'll look good in anything. And I think mm. there's an eccentricity to what he's wearing. I don't know it's, if he looks good in that kilt. But also, give him at least, at least the reference top. of going, hey, I'm Scottish, you know? Yeah. Is that... Anyway, I think... I don't know. I, I just... Yeah. Yeah. It just, look, it, we it, can at least admit when he gets into his outfit, outfit... When he's in his normal suit, I love it. I love the shaft look. It's and great. And that hat he wore when he saw Ruby, that costume in the in the pub, he looks great in, in that outfit, don't you think? I don't know. I, no. I, th- 
I'm not sure. I need, I'd need to see more of him because you just see that one shot. <clears throat> I'd love to see him with the hat on in his leather coat look. I'd be interested to see what that looked like if he had the hat and the... the I don't think that sort of thing is interchangeable in the same way. I, you know, like his... I'll, I'll get to a comment my mum sent me because I, I want to read the, the message my mum sent me, her review, because it was, the, yeah. you know, this was the first Doctor Who Christmas special that has been on since I left home. Uh, and yeah. they were all obviously very emotional about it. And mum sent me a really lovely long message about it. But yeah, I'll echo something that she said. The tailoring, the look, the sheen of him as the Doctor yeah. is, this is his character. It's not yeah. something that we've necessarily seen before. The Doctor looking so clean cut and looking so, you know, uh, uh, varnished is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. the shiny the shiny person look. He just looks immaculate. I, I, um, I described it to Annie as, you know, this is the maybe with the exception of David Tennant, but this is the first doctor who knows he's good looking and knows he's attractive. And, you know, compare him to like Paul McGann, who is a very handsome man, but he plays his doctor as any of the other doctors. You know, he doesn't have that element to him. He's like, but, a, he, but and this might be wishful thinking on my part, but, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the dynamic he has with, with Ruby, because we'll obviously come on yeah. to that in a sec uh, and talk about Millie Gibson. But I'm looking at their dynamic and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, this is all great now. And this is the way you're setting him up to be this, this, this put together, confident, swaggering man. But what happens when shit goes wrong at some yeah. point in the future? And that yeah. persona, <clears throat> that guard you know because yeah. maybe it is a front maybe it because because clearly you get those moments of real vulnerability from him in mm. this story yeah what happens when he gets chucked around by some giant space octopus and yeah. what happens when something really terrible happens to ruby and this persona crumbles you know and that that is what i saw when i was watching him perform i was thinking of everything to come the setup of him in the story is one thing and the story is one thing, but I saw his potential going forward and that was what I was thinking of and how exciting he was as a presence and how I'm looking forward to seeing him in other things. And I thought he was great in this. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. I mean, other standout moments, like you were sort of saying, you know, he shows a lot of emotional depth in this story and I think he probably is, to some extent, the most emotionally switched on doctor um, because of his reaction to the the loss of the children. Um, I think that was part of my issue with him going back to the club as well. I think at times he feels a bit too human. Do you know what I mean? That is, I think, what I'm, I'm not quite getting the alien yet. Mm-hmm. And I... And I'm not quite getting the age. And I think, you know, compare him to other young doctors or young actors like Davison and Matt Smith. Immediately with those guys, I thought, oh, yeah, you are an old man trapped in a young man's body. And I don't think I've quite got that angle from him yet. Okay. Um, so I think that's that. I think that is literally the thing that 
just is the barrier that is just setting me apart from going, oh yeah, you're 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 excellent. Um but like I said, I really liked him in that scene when they were tied up. Um I thought he was great in that whole sequence where um Ruby disappears and then you know he's figuring it out. I thought he was excellent there. You know, there's that moment where he goes, Oh, they went back and they took the baby, the other baby. And, you know, he that sort of like darkness falls upon him and his voice goes very deep and husky. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. That that feels like the old Time Lord that, you know, I was like, I wanna I wanna see more of that. I wanna see that element come out a bit more. Um and I think really what I wish they'd have done throughout this whole story is I wish he'd have never called himself the Doctor until the very end. It does feel I like th that that trick got pulled a couple of times and it was like, you could only really do that once. Yeah. And would you have preferred it just being when Ruby goes into the TARDIS and he has that last line? Because he delivers that I'm the Doctor with such a you know, with such gusto and it feels like such a, yeah, like an air punch moment. I would have loved it if he just didn't introduce himself for the whole thing. Yeah. If they'd have found a way around it, I think that would have been such a nice moment to, and I was almost thinking, maybe you don't even put the title sequence at the start. Maybe you have him say, I'm the doctor. And then you have the titles, the titles lead into the credits, you know, and then you have the, the Mrs. Flood bit. Almost like this whole hour that you've just watched, that is the pre-title sequence to this brand new era. It's very Casino Royale of you. Oh, yes. I hadn't thought of that. I like it. Little teaser yeah. there for what's coming in the new year on the oh, review yeah. of Death <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> um, although it'll be a while before we get around to movies as good as Casino Royale. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. That that scene with Michelle Greenidge when she she has um, Lulabelle with her. And Carla, you can isn't see, it? Is that, the, that, is that her mum's name? Yes, Carla. Ruby's yeah. mum, Carla. Yeah. And you see the impact that Ruby has had in her life that she, yeah. you know, brought this brightness to her and, you know, calling the kid a brat considering yeah. all the stuff we've just heard about how much, you know, Ruby meant to yeah. her and she just does it for the money. And and I will also say Cherry, I think, is probably my new favourite character in all she's of Doctor so Who. She's so good, isn't she? I think yeah, she's we, were, we all said she was the standout. <laughs> yeah, she is. I cannot wait to see more of her. I can't wait for her to beat the shit out of a Dalek with her walking stick. I can't wait yeah. for more of her. And I love, I love the three queens in the attic in the sky setup. I yeah. think that's a lovely yeah. family dynamic and I lo I love that we're back to that sort of kitchen sink setup. Yeah. And what I liked about this uh I I mean I think I think what did work it well in this story because I you know I I've started this review off by coming across like a right miserable bastard. But <laughs> what I did like about this story, I thought the emotional hook was really good. I loved that. I loved the family dynamic. I love that Russell has gone back to his roots, like you said, of kitchen sink drama. Family is at the centre of this show, but it's a very modern family by having, you know, a family uh, made up of adoptees and different races and all this sort of stuff. I think that's great. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. And I thought that was a, a very clever thing to do. I also really like the fact that they've tied it in to the timeless children 
And yes. I like that they have added this, this emotional depth to that revelation that I don't think was really there under Chibnall. I think Chibnall sort of focused more on the, oh, I need to get my memories back and I need to find out who I what was when I was working yeah, for the division than, and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Rather than what does this really mean to me as a person? Because obviously we know the doctor has got memories of his father and all this kind of stuff, which obviously is no longer their biological father. Um, and, and, you know, the doctor's history is a, is a tapestry of this, that, and the other that, you know, doesn't really, how does it all sort of fit together but even before years, you get to the timeless children? <clears throat> after years of Stephen Moffat banging the Doctor Who thing over the head to the point where it's basically delivered down the camera at every possible juncture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and threatening to reveal the name of the Doctor and kind of stripping all of the pageantry and the the the, the mystery out by and revealing it was Clara that gave him the idea to go off in the in the TARDIS and all all that sort of stuff. All and, that and stuff. Yeah. Whis whispering to him under the bed and all that sort of shit. Yeah. To actually now have something that A has, as you say, emotional resonance, but mm. is a complete mystery as to where the doctor came from. Yeah. And I, I don't want that touched or, no. or elevated in terms of revelations and story reveals no. any more than it is now for another twenty five years. I want that left as it is, you yeah. know, because that's the mystery of the doctor now. We know everything else, basically. Yeah, and I and I don't think we ever will. I don't think Russell's ever will ever be interested in finding out you know, where the Doctor originally came from and who his biological parents are. No more than we know who his adoptive parents are. No more than we know any of that stuff. I'm sure some smart Alec git is going to come in here and say, actually, if you read the VNA novel or the EDA novel, you'll find out that his dad is actually Bob the bloody plumber Builder. from... <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that doesn't count. Um, so, <laughs> but um, so I, I like that. I thought that was good. I, I, I appreciated that they've connected that. And I like how that is going to be the connection between the Doctor and the Companion in this respect. Um, Should we talk about Ruby yeah, then? So, let's talk about Millie Gibson. Let's, let's talk about Ruby because we haven't mentioned her yet. What did, what did you think? Other than uh, being eye candy for you because I know... Uh, I've never said anything about how much I fancy Millie Gibson. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think she's great. I, I, I really like her j just positivity. Our, like, you know, <laughs> shut up. I, 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 don't worry. <laughs> good. Um, you know, compared to like Amy Pond, where yes. the character is feisty redhead. And yeah, yeah. she's being bolshy and slapping people and being like, yeah. uh, uh, all the time. To have yeah. <laughs> a, a companion that doesn't need stuff explained to her ad nauseum. And she's just like, she, she, the fact she just buys it, I love. I love the fact that she's just like goblins, all right. And there's no explanation needed, you know. And the fact she kind of gets up on that roof and you're like, okay, right. So she's she's got the right kind of you know get up and go i've got i've got to do this mm. she's not thinking twice about saving this baby and she gets up on the roof and then there's goblins and she's like fucking hell, what did i take in that club last night i must have been spiked by that bloke with the weird fucking wallet and then <laughs> in the she kilt. just and the kilt and she just starts <laughs> climbing the ladder and think of that what you will in terms of okay would she really be doing that 
but it's fucking well, Christmas Day and it's Doctor Who and Disney Plus have put a lot of money into it and I, fucking so what? If it, 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 As long as we get to the Goblin King shit quicker and get that fucking shit over with, then that's fine because that's the thing that I didn't like about this story. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you all the way when she's, you know, climbing up the ladder, <laughs> going after the baby, fine. When she says to the goblin, uh, did you just hiss at me? Don't hiss at me. I was like, nah, you'd be like, what the fuck are you, mate? I'm going to take my boot off and twat you over the head with it so I can get the <laughs> baby back. <laughs> it's that it's that Greg Davis thing of if I saw E.T. in my shed, <laughs> I would stove his fucking head in with a spade. You yeah. know? That, that, that's, the, that's the element I want to see. But I think actually reactions in this episode, I don't know if it was a directorial issue, but I think people react to things very casually in this episode. Like she reacts to the goblins quite like, it's a goblin. You know, obviously, I see him all the time. Um, she she reacts like that. I think when the fucking windows and the roof basically caves in in Carla's flat, she's like, "Oh no, who's are we gonna get a roofer on Christmas Eve?" Not like Jesus Christ, my fucking house you know is about to cave in my head. I think the problem with that is blocking, and I don't know if that if this is something. Uh visually or the way stuff is staged that we're going to have to get used to. But there was a yeah. lot of Steadicam stuff in this. And yes. I don't think that that gives actors an opportunity to block themselves uh, yeah. in the most dramatic way because when they turn to camera, although that movement has obviously been meticulously worked out, it's always going to be slightly different and the camera operator is always going to be slightly ahead or slightly behind. And there were yeah. a couple of moments I noticed when Ruby gets off the bus, someone yep. Clifton, bashes Ruby. in. Yeah, well, well <laughs> we there's, all there's, there's, a, there's a good amount of Bristol in this story. Um, Uncle Mario went, oh, that, that's by me. He said, I nearly bought that flat. <laughs> that's my bus stop. <laughs> Bloody hell, good for him. Uh, he did. Maybe, he did he, maybe in check. that row, in that row of houses, like two but doors he's living, down. He's living next to Paul McGann now, so he's, you know. He lives next to Paul that, McGann. That's the so better right. situation to be in rather than have a broken window and a crack that runs down the whole centre of your flat. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I did notice, yeah, she gets off the bus and somebody jolts the steady cam. And there's a couple right. of bits where you can see the focus puller is struggling to kind of keep up with where people are at. Um, right. And I don't know if I like that style from Mark Tonderai. I don't know if I noticed that in his previous stories or not. Okay, but, um, interesting. I, I, I will say again, I love the way he shoots the TARDIS. He does a lot of stuff with, with yeah. the camera moving and the TARDIS doing stuff, either dematerializing yeah. or... Um, there were two shots I also noticed, again, using Steadicams, where they've obviously shot the TARDIS on the exterior door on the set, and they have yeah. CGI'd in the wall um, yeah. sort of nearest to camera. Um, so there were a couple of moments there where I thought, oh, that hasn't quite worked in terms of staging. And I think yeah. that might be where you're coming from as well with people's but, reactions, because I, I don't think it was blocked out for that in mind, yeah. you know? Yeah, it it just felt a bit bit odd. And like even that bit, um, obviously we know now that it was a like a whole pickup sequence. Just that whole bit with the doctor and the lady with the pram. You know, when that snowman drops on his head, she's like, "Oh, are you all right?" You know, you would not just be like, "Oh, you all right?" You know, a great big humongous thing has just possibly crushed a man. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, you're all right." <laughs> and also, 
Why is she doing her shopping at midnight? What's open at midnight? What? Because uh, he's like, boots he's probably like, oh. open at midnight. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm actually trying to work this out. Boots is probably open. That- Sainsbury's. You can get a lot of good stuff from Sainsbury's. What, midnight? Is it still open? There's a 24-hour Asda in the middle of Bemi. Although on Christmas Day, maybe that would shut Christmas morning. Yeah, I don't know. But mm. I was a bit like, that's a bit weird. But... Oh, well, never, never mind. I, I, I like the fun. gag. I like the reveal of the presence. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the gag as well, because, you know, we used to have a mad woman that lived near us and she used to carry her shopping in a pram. Um, so <laughs> why not? Big mention of the fact that they've taken, I mean, obviously the setup for Ruby is that she's a foundling and they don't know where her family are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to dig into there later down the line big mention of the fact that they that there is no dna trace of her family on earth mm. whatsoever obviously we yeah. have the whole thing of this mysterious hooded figure dropping her off yeah i think that the the, the temptation is there to say that that's probably ruby from the future um yeah but then it's does a, this mean dwarf, that she's a, a kind of yeah she's an robberous thing yeah. like she is her own mother yeah i think, Do you it's think she's that. from somewhere else and she's like a dna clony kind of thing or well, this is it. As soon as Davina McCall rang up and said, there's like no DNA trace for you at all, Annie just went, oh, well, she's from the future then. Her parents are from the future. That's why there's no DNA trace because mm. they've not been born yet. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So it's either it's either going to be that or it's going to be that she's her own mother, like you said. Um, yeah, I mean, I um, Ruby Sunday as a character, I thought she was fine. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any strong opinions either for or against. I... I, I almost caused the first argument of, of a two-year relationship by saying that I thought she had about as much character as, say, Perry does in... Oh, Christ alive. Classic God. Doctor Who. I'm, I'm amazed um, you made it out of that conversation with your hair <laughs> intact. You know, uh, because I just thought, like, she was like, her role was, I am the companion. And I was like, yep, yeah, that, that, that was the role, you know. I yeah. didn't get any sort of strong character feelings from her do you know what i mean like we'll, we'll get with there. rose we'll get there like with rose from the off you know this is a girl who is very dissatisfied with her life and she wants more and she, you know yeah she, I, I i understand where you're coming from there actually because you see there, what I mean? there, there, there isn't that sort of thing like she actually besides the fact that she's a foundling she's had a fabulous upbringing she yeah. has a loving family she's obviously got really really good friends She's sociable. She's got, you know, she's got a lot going for her. I think the fact that she, on top of all of that, is still just like, yeah, do you know what? This is great. I'm going to go off and have a laugh with this bloke. Yeah. I, I like. And I wonder if there might be an element of she takes for granted what she had on Earth to go off with the Doctor thinking that's so oh, maybe. great yeah. and that's so special, but she actually yeah. has everything there. And maybe there's a bit of resentment from the Doctor because there's obviously a very heavy thing looming with the timeless child and the fact that he is yeah. uh, an orphan and or a foundling does, doesn't know the family uh and i wonder if there's a bit of resentment that might bubble there that she's got what he wants and yeah um you know i don't know just 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 a thought um yeah well, I, I, did think, think- I think that was it that she just sort of seemed mm. she was she was fine you know okay. i know some people on twitter were like oh my god she's incredible i was like yeah, she's she's she is fine. So I, I did yeah. think it was a little bit frustrating we didn't get any more beyond a hooded figure 
uh, mm. to, to further that who left Ruby at the church thing, because yeah, let's add this to, to, to the list I'm about to go through of things that have been set up in the past month plus that still right. need to get paid off, right? Okay. So the number of threads need to be tied or explored over the next year plus are who the Meep's boss is, yeah. uh, who le- left Ruby at the, the church on Ruby Road, uh, yeah. what the Toymaker's legions are, Mavity, yeah. which of course gets a mention in this story. I think that the, the goblins are going to be revealed later on probably in just like a line of, of being like, oh, this was like the start of the Toymaker's Legions because they is that fantasy element and we know that they sort of come from another oh, okay. dimension. They don't really exist in our world. You know, the Doctor sort of says about how they invade from the edges. You know, they don't, they don't come in to really okay. have a physical manifestation. I, I don't know. Just because of the whole thing about the Toymaker coming into our reality was because of the Doctor putting the salt down at the edge of the yeah. universe. I wonder if that is going to be, oh, this is more the fantastical elements of Doctor Who. Okay. Perhaps. I don't know. Interesting. Just Interesting a thought. thought. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, Mavity, uh, the Master's Gold Tooth, by regeneration, that's obviously going to be something that goes on for a little while. Uh, the lasting trauma of the Timeless Child and the Flux, Mrs. Flood, why the TARDIS is still skirting the edges of the Vortex in the title sequence, which is exactly the same oh, yeah. from the 60th anniversary, and probably yeah. a half a dozen other sly references and things we haven't even noticed yet. For example, yeah. uh, somebody pointed out uh, that Susan Twist uh, yes. is an actor <laughs> who has been playing some interesting parts through the 60th and into here. So uh, she played Isaac Newton's housemaid, or whatever, yeah. uh, in World Blue Yonder, and also yep. played the woman in the crowd who encourages Ruby to give it some or whatever uh, she says, during the Play Christmas Gaudete. concert. Yes, which is a 16th century Christmas carol. So, uh, mm. Rani, question mark? Who knows? But interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, let's talk about Mrs. Flood as well very we quickly. Oh, oh yeah, she was in, she was New- Newton's... Newton's mate. I didn't even yeah. clock that it was the same woman until I started seeing screenshots on, uh, on Twitter. Um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, Mrs. Flood because obviously Anita Dobson whole fourth wall break married to Brian May unbelievable the Badger King himself um, yeah he's yeah. got one on his head it does and he saves him <laughs> uh, so yeah what do we think of that fourth wall break what is going on there what's your your crazy speculative thoughts I I mean, I know people are going, she's the Rani, she's the monk. She is the Rani. She's the doctor. Everybody's I, the know, Rani. It's, it's the obvious, the obvious, the answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. She's Paul McGann in disguise who has just come round the corner from his own house in Clifton and has just sat on the street and said, look, I'll just dress up like an old lady and I'll sit on my deck chair and that'll be that. <laughs> I can be in Doctor Who again, please. I'm begging you. Why? You gave David Tennant another go. Let me have another shot at it. Why didn't I see it coming? And he hasn't done <laughs> McGann for a little while, actually. So I'll give you that. That's all right. Um, yes. Uh, let's. Let, oh, well, Bristol. Paul McGann. Lots of Bristol on yeah. show. As you mentioned, Frederick's Place and Park Place in Clifton, doubling for Notting Hill. Uh, and King's Weston, just at the road from my mum yeah. and dad. Previously yeah. appeared in Thin Ice. That's where Davina nearly gets killed, does get killed, doesn't get killed yeah. by a Christmas tree. And 
I weird think that's in- where they shot Husbands of River Song as well. Is the it? Interior ah. stuff. I think so. Interesting. I, think I read that the other day and I was like, oh, I should have brought that up when we ah, did. Interesting Husbands link with our, with our last review. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Davina was a bit of an odd inclusion. I mean, I know that she has her long lost families TV show, but yeah. does anyone who is actually the target audience of this TV show now in the UK, let alone the yeah. international territories Doctor Who is now beaming into, know who Davina McCall is? Probably not. Probably no. not. Um, yeah, weird choice. They should have let her die. I we agree. loved it. When that, when that star came and impelled her in the head, we were like, oh, that's brilliant. That's great. What dark humour. And yeah. then we went, went, when he went back and saved um, Merry, Christmas, Davi- Merry Christmas, Davina McCall, we were like, ah. Because then at that point, you're like, and so we'll talk about the goblins in a sec uh, as yeah. a villain. Uh, then you make them kind of fearsome, you know, because they've killed someone in quite a brutal yeah. way. But because it's Davina yeah. McCall and you can't kill Davina McCall off, uh, Davina McCall it, off, <laughs> you can't yeah. kill her off, then, uh, you know, it kind of diminishes them a little bit. Yeah, you know, and you know, this is this isn't our universe. This is the Hooniverse. So maybe Davina McCall just dies in yeah, the Hooniverse. She's killed and by a Christmas tree. I'm sure Russell will say, ah yeah, but her voice still exists in the year whatever it is for Satellite Five when they play Big Brother. But it's all AI then. All Russell. AI. They just put through every episode of Big Brother that she ever recorded and they just simulated her voice like they did with Mark Hamill in Star Wars. Or she has lived to that year and she looks like Cassandra. Yes, she is Cassandra. She is Cassandra. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Um, the goblins, I thought they were a good villain for a Christmas special. You know, there is something Christmassy and fairy tale about it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I also loved the idea that the doctor suggests that they are responsible for all the accidents and the bad luck that people yeah. have in their day to day lives. Yeah. And that whole thing that the doctor does, that speech of, you know, your average day, you go about your day, nothing interesting happens. It's just kind of a normal day. But when you have a succession of bad luck and accidents, it weaves you into the fabric of that day and you become ripe for this kind of thing. I thought that is a brilliant little bit of writing. I loved that whole idea. Um, I I liked all that. And I liked the idea that, you know, they don't have technology. It's the ropes and the pulley systems do everything. I thought that was very clever. Uh, yeah, and I like, I like that whole thing about all oh, the language of coincidence and yeah. good luck and bad luck and stuff. I, it I wasn't, was an it, in- it wasn't tangible because because ultimately what they want is to eat babies, right? Yeah. Or eat anything, but specifically I babies. Eat a baby. <laughs> I ate a baby in my belly. That, that's ultimately what they want. And I, I, you know, that's that. But I thought the thing that was creepiest about them is that they don't differentiate between something as mischievous as, oh, oh, I'm going to move your coffee cup and caving your fucking head in. They think that that is the same level of mischievous kind of behavior. I like that. So this is, yeah, this is the thing. When it started, I mean, I love the beginning. I I should say this. I I really, I was really enjoying the beginning. Um, There's a weird pacing issue with this story, which we'll we'll come on to in a bit. But um, I loved all that at the start. Like you said, when you see the little mischievous glimpses of these characters and then when yeah Davina McCall gets killed and you think oh shit you know they they can be really bad I was like oh this is going to be like gremlins I was Mm. like we're going to have like a real gremlins sort of scenario here 
where it's going to be chaos later on, um, which obviously didn't happen. Um, so I was, yeah, I was sort of disappointed that more of that didn't come up. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we have the Goblin King. Mm, he's the Goblin King. I was kind of disappointed because that he was sort of nothing, wasn't he, really? He was just a thing. Or as I've put here, a goblin the Goblin King. King never said a word. He just sat there like a great blue turd. <laughs> and the doctor started singing. And my alarm bell started ringing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy that happened. Oh, thank you, Matt. That was great. I, initially, I was like, shall I just try and do the whole review in <laughs> sing <verse>. song? <laughs> that would have been impressive. I, if you kept that up the whole time, I would have given you my Patreon share for the month. That would have been impressive. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I came around on the Goblin song. I, you know, I, I was like, well, I okay, liked, I, look. I, I liked it to begin with. I know you, you know, did, I was... but I was like, look, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, until... The Doctor and Ruby's verse. And yes. then I was like, right, so we've we've done the joke. We've done the joke. Yeah. This is somebody doing the joke again, but yeah. delivering it less well. And I'm not saying that as kind of, oh, Ruby was obviously doing the dumb diddly-do thing to try and yeah. fill the syllables. Uh, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> I, I don't know, like... If you'd set up earlier that goblins need to be placated by sing by singing, yes, great. But and I guess you've just set up that it's part of their culture. But you know, I don't know how they're not fucking piling on them and ripping them to shreds in that moment. Yeah. You know, they're all just sud- why they all just sit around. This is exactly what I said. You know, I I, I didn't mind the song, but fair play to shoot you, Gatwa. He's got a good voice. Oh, great! Um, I, he could do. Anything that man. Um, yeah, it was just when they joined in, and it was just like you said, there was no, there was no sense of jeopardy to it. So I, I, I did save something off of Twitter. Um, I think it was Morgan Jeffries from uh, Radio Times, but he posted something saying, "Oh, uh, the fact that the Doctor and Ruby managed to just come up with the perfect words." to fit the music is, again, it's coincidence and it plays into all that thing. Which, okay, fine. I could buy that if it at least, if at least they acted like they were coming up with the words on the spot. Ruby the did. Doctor, I think Millie did. And well, look, but, but I then, don't think she did it enough because I mean, like the diddity, the, whatever she says, I'd like to diddly deet you. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It's in, so it's in the script that yeah. she's coming up with, she's making it up on the spot. But I didn't feel like she was there, like, uh, the, 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 you know, she just... There was a little bit of that. There starts, was a bit of that. Nah, because she's there in the background and she's bloody clicking her fingers, going like this. I was like, fuck off. You shouldn't be okay. bloody dancing around like it's a Broadway number. Come Matt, on, this is What Jeopardy. was she doing when the Doctor first clocked eyes on her, apart from being a baby? What was the bit after that? Uh, getting off a bus. <laughs> she was in a band. Yeah, but even if you're in a band, you're surrounded by bloody monsters. I don't think you're going to go, oh, well, let's just start <laughs> dancing to the tune. Fuck, this is good shit. Somebody write this down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, she's I, copyrighted. I, okay. Do you think we'll get sued if uh, if I if I steal this tune? It's not going to get bloody picked lawyers up from another by dimensions. Are gonna AI bots, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Your rendition there is not going to get picked up by the system. Is that Shooty Gat we're singing? Um, I, I, whatever. It was fine. That whole sequence for me was was, you know, we've talked about it before. Those moments where people who don't watch Doctor Who regularly walk into a room and something's happening. And you're just like, ah, oh, yeah. no, look away. Anything but this moment in time, looking at the TV screen, do anything other than this. And I was yeah. sat there watching it for the first time with Stella's mother oh, and no. her grandmother. Yeah. And silence. Oh, and God. it was like, you could, you could hear a pin drop. And I was sat there. And I could, well, actually, what you could hear was all of my muscles tensing in that moment going... It isn't usually like this. It isn't usually like this. Uh, and, uh, but fuck it. It's for six, seven and eight year olds. And we always need to come back to that. And I bet that they had a fucking great time watching that scene. I don't know. I don't know any six, seven or eight year olds who watch this program. <laughs> uh, you wanted to talk about pacing. Then they escaped back to her flat <laughs> and the goblins vanished like that. It just felt like they'd been forgot, which I did not like a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. I take diddly diddly do over that last bit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, it, it, they go. They just disappear from the story. So we timed this. This was my issue mm. when we first watched it. We were like, we get back to the flat halfway. It's literally halfway through. It's 30 minutes in. They return to the flat and they, they're forgotten. And the story just seems to sort of grind to a halt. Uh, I, so we, yes. We, yeah. We, we timed it. Uh, and you, I think uh, I can't find it in my bloody copious amount of notes, but I think you're there for about 20 minutes in that flat. Um, whilst they go through all the rigmarole of, you know, oh, the baby, check the kitchen, or here's this, here's Carla's mom coming in and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like it really stopped the story. And I was like, you know, there should have, there should be something here. There needs mm. to be either a cutaway to something or mm. something needs to happen. And funnily enough, on the commentary, uh, not that I've watched it, but um, Jamie, uh, is it not a madman, but a not a box? Is a madman not a box on Twitter? I hate Twitter. Jamie, uh, you hate Twitter. Um, well, he very kindly posted like the Cliff's notes of the commentary onto Twitter. And in it, Russell says that there was supposed to be a whole sequence in between there where the goblins came back and attacked the flat and the Goblin King comes stampeding up the hallway, which would have been amazing, but they cut it because it was too expensive. So I was like, oh, that is, I'm gutted. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say two things. When was that cut? Yeah. That well, he cut said there was a previs done. He said there's a previs uh, CGI sequence of it. He said which is really good that will probably be released at some point on right. DVD or Blu-ray, whatever. Okay. Um. So you know it must have been in there for a little while, I guess, before they started properly shooting. Maybe I don't really know when the previs CGI stuff happens, but it probably is. But just the Goblin the King. Shoot he's the goblin king is yeah. like what the he's jabba like yeah how do you get jabba rampaging down a hallway well i don't know i don't know about that 
But I still think there should have been something. I think there could have been an attack by the goblins. I think, I think that should have happened. happened. I agree. Because you're right. They do completely disappear. But I think at that point, you obviously have the fantastical Christmas element of there being goblins in the story. And I like your allusion to gremlins because it is very much like gremlins in, yeah. in that way. But um, I then think you shift to the Christmassy, gooey centre of it in that scene. Yeah. That whole bit with the Doctor and Carla and when she talks about being on her own over Christmas, even though she's got a mum there and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think that it, uh, even though it does feel like somebody slammed the brakes on and maybe it could have been managed better, I, I think you've still got enough there to kind of mitigate the the goblins missing from the story because then you're looking at the effect they've had in that moment, if you get what I mean. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel too... Yeah, too much of a, a sea change for me. Okay, um, interesting. I, I, I just sort of yeah. felt like it was just like, oh, well, they've, they've been forgotten until, of course, the, the very end. Uh, and I think it was just a shame yeah. that, you know, the Goblin King didn't have any agency. You know, he was, it was literally, he was just a bit of a set, really. It, mm -hmm. And I, I think that was a shame because obviously a lot of people immediately when they think, see singing goblins, a Goblin King that wants to eat babies... It's Labyrinth, you know, and the Goblin King in this certainly wasn't David Bowie. Uh, the only thing he had in, in any relation to David Bowie in that film is that they both had big bulges. <laughs> Has that been written down on your phone since you... Uh... No, it hasn't. I came up with that just now. <laughs> well done. Uh, very good. Um, uh cock i was gonna say something then and now i'm just thinking of that was what i was just talking about yeah, yeah but... <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> we were talking about paul mcgann earlier he kind of had a little bit of a callback didn't he uh in that new sequence that disney got them to put in that bit with the policeman where he oh, was yeah. like oh yeah annie and i were like oh that's like paul mcgann and i think with that bit they shouldn't it, i think that would have worked so much better if he didn't go into the bloody explanation as to why he knew you know, he's like, oh, yeah, my sonic screwdriver went ping because you got a ring in your pocket and 90% of men wouldn't pick diamond or whatever he was chatting about. I don't know. I, I got, I sort of lost the plot a bit there. I was like, what? That we felt like that was written by a certain Stephen Moffat, that sequence. That, it did that a bit, didn't it? bit there, yeah. And I was a bit like, what do you, you, you want about? I think it would have been nicer if he'd have just said, oh, she'll say yes. And he was like, what? The wedding, the wedding ring in your pocket. Yeah. The engagement ring. She'll say yes. And then he shut the door and then maybe he took the thing out of his pocket and went like, oh, how did you know? And yeah. then the TARDIS goes. I think that would have been... Fair enough. That's how I'd have done it. Fair enough. Um, I was going to... Before you start talking about David Bowie's bulge, I was going to talk about <laughs> what did you think of the Doctor doing a Simon Skinner on the Goblin King? Oh, yeah. I, I loved that. I loved the... It was very State of Decay, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. It was like, oh, that's good. Um, would have loved for there to have been like a load of gunge that went out of his, yeah. it, out of his innards. I was like, oh, if this was the 80s, there would have been green gloop all over the bloody place. Um, <laughs> it would have been everywhere. But, you know, I like that. I thought that was great. Um, good to see. I think there was a... I, I have heard from certain people that there was a concern that this new version of Doctor Who would be sort of less confrontational and you know that sort of thing so see namby-pamby wishy-washy 
Yes, thank you, Inspector Grimm. Um, yeah, but so it was good to see him just be like, "Fuck this, I'm gonna." I'm gonna fucking impale this fuck cunt. <laughs> I love it. He's the Goblin King. He's, He's the Goblin, Goblin King. King. <laughs> Get spires up his ass. <laughs> Uh, I want to say as well, just as we start wrapping things up, uh, the Disney Plus version ended differently to the BBC version. What? The Disney Plus version ended on Shooty's I'm the Doctor line. Then we go into some captions that said, New Home, New Who, Spring 2024. And then the shot of Shooty opening his eyes, which we seem to be seeing all the time. And I... Don't know if I'm I'm quite worked out where that's from. (laughs) Uh, And then the Disney Plus... That's upcoming because in the trailer, Mm. you see him in that burgundy jacket. Right. Okay. Got it. Uh, Then the Disney Plus logo. Then it cut to the TARDIS dematerialising on uh, Ruby Street and that last scene with Mrs. Flood breaking the fourth wall. Um, How did it play back home? Um, He says, I'm the doctor and... It goes diddly dum, diddly dum, diddly dum, and then it cuts, and we see the TARDIS dematerializing, and we see that bloke going, Oh, Mrs. Flood, what the hell? And then she goes, Oh, Abdul, you silly sausage. Cunt. Have you never seen a, <laughs> never Sorry. Seen a TARDIS before? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Uh, and then I... it went back to you. Who are you? Okay, good. Oh, so it actually did the credits start running and then it snapped back to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the ca- ah, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't like the fact that we don't get the trailers uh, embedded as part of the programme now. Yeah, um, I, I And the fact we have that. to wait for the credits to finish and then go into the trailer on BBC yeah. One because I, I know that's being done because of Disney Plus, but it's really yeah. annoying when you finish it and then I'm like, right, now I have to cast YouTube onto the telly so I can go yeah. and watch it on the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. I, I can I can imagine you on Boxing Day watching this with Stella and her family. The credits finish and her mum and her grandmother are like, thank fuck that's over, we're off. And you're like, what? wait, wait, Shit. wait, wait, wait. There's a trailer, there's a trailer. Don't there's go anywhere. <laughs> Hold your horses, sit back down. They see it and they go, oh, that actually looked quite good. What was that we just watched? Um, I will say they all liked it. Okay. Uh, and that it was, uh, that's a hard thing to come by. Uh, they, <laughs> they liked it. Uh, I mean, Stell's Omar didn't really say anything. I think she just wandered off and made herself some tea. But um, Stell's mum said she liked the energy. She liked mm. the, the kind of progressive kind of elements of it, I guess, with the whole adoption element. Um, right, yeah. And that, because she'd watched a, a fair bit of Jodie uh, from the, the point that Stella and I had started dating, I guess she was like, right, I guess I better kind of invest some time in this if that's his thing. And she would, she's watched, <laughs> she's watched Doctor Who because of it. And um, she, she so, resents you because of that. <laughs> she is, she, well, that, that's, that's where it started. Thanks, Andrea. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's been, she's watched it and she prefers Shooty to, to Jodie by quite a fair distance. So yeah, interesting uh, that we've got he's, that. He's a nice looking man. I can understand. Why he's a beautiful said. bloke. I can see why she likes him. Um, I'm so just before we turn to what the lovely people at home thought. I mean, uh, my of the lot, story. Mum and my uncle they fell asleep, so that was that was fine. They had a lot was going gone. on. 
Mum was not looking forward to it whatsoever. And we were like, it's all right, mum, you can f- you can go to sleep now. We turned the lights off and she was like, oh, brilliant. And that was it. it. She was gone. <laughs> uh, so mum's review before we turn to yes. Twitter. I really, really liked Doctor Who. Imagining a little Billy watching it for the first time, having those two as their doctor and companion just mint. There was enough for fans that know a bit more about the history and those super show experts like yourself who've been given loads of clues, questions, theories, answers for upcoming episodes. It was ace. Any of the haters can go and shove it up their asses. Shooty is golden. The beautiful way he moves, his acting, his face, the way, well, it's something else. I do hope it doesn't go to poo. It'll have its highs and lows, <laughs> but as a first, it was mint. All the clothes were top, the gloves served their purpose for the story, but they don't need to come out again. They were a bit Halloween Jaso Trado of Thornbury. So, like, why didn't he have lovely, beautifully tailored leather gloves Love. rather than these fucking Poundland, you know, <laughs> ones that he had with the bloody string lights that. in them? I like I liked that. I felt that felt very doctory, you know, that it was just like oh, it was just cobbled together from a bit I, of old shit. What would have been funnier is if the gloves didn't match. If there was like <laughs> there was just like a mismatched pair. That would have been great. But then that they wouldn't have, have been that. very 15th doctor, would it? Well, I guess not. No, I guess not. As a as a style icon. Okay, let's something better. How many did your mum add when she wrote that? <laughs> oh, she'd probably been drinking to try and cheer herself up because I wasn't there. Uh, yeah, I she probably had a fair amount. She, I like the bit where she said, I could imagine little Billy watching this for the first time. And I thought, I could imagine little Billy watching this for the first time and turning around going, what the bloody hell was that? When did they start singing? <laughs> I, I think she was Watch thinking maybe crap. when I was nine years old and I would have just fallen in love with anything. Really? Yeah. I still think you might have gone, yeah. oh, that, 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 that musical number, that's, that's pushing even my limit. You know, Tom I've Baker never twi- did that. This was shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can uh, you imagine Tom Baker? If this had turned up, he'd go, what's this <laughs> whipping shit? What's this whipping shit? Singing. <laughs> no, you're a goblin bring, king, bring, you gobshite. Bring on the talking cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's turn to uh, uh, Twitter. Pete Lambert, uh, it was okay. He ran around being fabulous a lot, I suppose. There wasn't really an antagonist. The Goblin King was a blob easily dispatched by yanking a ladder. Giving Davina a gremlins-esque desk with death was funny and something to remember uh, it for, but that got undone. The music was annoying. Ed Jones, everybody was thinking it. May as well have just had Ruby say, this is like that movie Labyrinth. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, at Doctor Who UK, not bad. Felt a bit underbaked. Shooty is almost too cool to be the Doctor, but I'm yeah. definitely loving it. Really need to have a rewatch to get into the swing of things with his with his rhythm. Great Christmas fun. Slightly we sort of had underwhelmed. This conversation. Bit of a slow pace. That said, nothing to worry about. And Shooty was excellent. Looking forward to more of him and Millie in May. We sort of said the same thing about Shooty being too cool. But oh, like, yeah. you know... The Doctor was always, you know, the hero for the outcasts and the misfits. And like now he's just a fucking cool dude. And he's like, well, we maybe can't that's ever something aspire to, be, to that. Well, I think maybe it's more like, you know, rather than going to a convention without putting deodorant on, maybe get yourself a nice <laughs> pair of shoes. Maybe get into the swing of things a bit more like shooty. Preen yourself a little bit. Maybe that's what Russell's trying to tell everybody. Um Conrad, first thoughts. It was quite good. Decent story, looked amazing. Felt like a very light story for Christmas. Not enough goblin shenanigans. Wish we saw more of mm. them. But the real star of the show was Shooty. He was incredible and I can't wait to see more of him. Jonathan says, 
a fun, not your Jonathan, a, a fun, lighthearted, <laughs> oh, actually, this is from Jonathan. Shit. Um, Jonathan Reed, a fun, lighthearted adventure for Christmas. Yes, the storyline maybe seems a little thin, but the energy Shooty brings to the Doctor and Millie to Ruby makes the whole adventure beautiful and fun. Love the Goblin King. And also when the Doctor and Ruby burst into song, Byron says, I liked it a lot, but it left me feeling a little strange. I like Ruby and her family and it was a fun story, but I thought the villains were really underutilized and the POV Mm. was confused. Uh, Didn't seem like a great starting place for newcomers to the Hooniverse. And finally, Sir Bancroft, I'll be honest, I wasn't too big on it. I'll watch two or three more episodes and if the issues I have continue, I'll just decide not to watch it. I'll admit I've seen worse on the show, but there were some things that just made me tilt my head and ask, is this Doctor Who? Matt, uh, was this Doctor Who? And if you could give it a score, what would you give it? So uh, interesting interesting perspectives we got there, because I think I agree with basically everyone, and everyone seemed to have the same issues that I had, at least with like the, the villains. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Um, my, my, my brother-in-law, Annie's brother, um, gave a good review, which was neither good nor bad. It was aggressively mediocre, a bit childlike, but a harmless story. And I think that is probably the best uh, sort of summation of it is that okay. it was just a bit yeah it was just as as a vehicle to show off shooty gatwa which is kind of what it was like you said at the start it worked well as a story in itself bit something of nothing mm-hmm. and i think it will be one of those you know whenever new doctor who comes out people are always bloody high as a kite and saying it's incredible and whatever give it five years i think when people come back to rewatch it they'll say oh yeah actually this is a story. It ain't great. And it mm. certainly isn't up there alongside a lot of Russell's other Christmas specials. You know, I think Christmas Invasion, Runaway Bride, Hell, End of Time, The Next Doctor. You know, I think I'd put those way in advance of this one. Um, so if I was to give it a score, I think I would give it a very middling five. Okay. Maybe, think- maybe, maybe four and a half, but I'll say five. I'll be generous. I'll give it. I'll give it a six and a half. I think that wow for for you know it it gives us a place to start with these characters, and this is yeah. sort of like you know the you know figure out the controls level. You know, it's just yeah. like how is this dynamic working? What are we like? And for Shooty Gatwa, yeah, it's a bit of a screen test, a bit of an audition. He excelled. Um, but yeah, looking forward to obviously some meteor stuff later down the line. But, you know, it's great to think that that is still to come and we've still got yeah. so much more to enjoy um, as time goes on. Um, so, yeah, that was The Church on Ruby Road, the Doctor Who yeah. uh, 2023 Christmas special. And that was also the last review of death of 2023. Um, <gasps> crazy. Uh, yeah, we obviously said lots of uh, flowery bits and bobs in the Namby Pamby things uh, in the last episode. But thanks yeah. for a great 2023, everybody. Um, Thank you. Here's to a fabulous 2024. We've already got some wheels in motion on bits and bobs that are going to happen. I haven't told Matt yet, but new title sequence and graphics coming for something on Patreon. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I think so, you have kind of told me that. I think you uh, said you were thinking about doing something. Yeah. Okay. 
bugger. Anyway, <laughs> you'll look, look forward to that when it comes through. Uh, Sorry, I, I'll, I'll just erase it from my memory. There we are. What, do you, what were you talking about? There's a, uh, so yeah, there's a, oh fuck it, I'll just say it. There's a whole new strand starting on the review of Death Patreon. We're doing double O Rod, right? Ba, 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 bum. And we're going to go through all the Bond movies, but we're going to do it in the worst order possible. Because we're going to start with never, never, never say never, never again. again. Fucking yeah. hell. So that'll be fun. Uh, and that'll come out at some point, I guess, in January, maybe. Um, and we'll be back in January to talk about lots yeah. of fun Doctor Who things. But hold your horses. Yeah. There was a trailer. We haven't talked about the trailer for the new series. I said everything I needed to say about it on Twitter with the Beatles. <laughs> My Beatles thread is, is everything you need. I don't give a shit about everything anything else. To... I gotta say, some of those monsters look really good. Yes. Uh, obviously, we Slug know monster, the, the and then sucky there's suckies. another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some other thing that goes... Is that from the quite, first episode where they're looking down the corridor? I believe so, yeah. Okay. And then I guess The Beatles is episode two, The Devil's Chord with Jinx yeah. Monsoon. Yeah. Um, which is obviously going to be a musical episode. Yeah. Uh, and I, I should point this out, you know, I have been saying for fucking years, I'd love to see a musical episode of Doctor Who, but it needs to be based in some sort of logic within the programme, you know? it can't just They can't just start singing, you know? <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe this Give is just breaking reason. the seal. Maybe this was just like mm. get ready because it's going to come and it's, yeah. it's coming. Yeah, he's coming. Olivarius. <laughs> uh, well, right. oh, God. Uh, uh, and obviously, we've got the Regency episode, which looks interesting. Yes. I would put my fucking life savings on the fact that the Doctor and Jonathan Groff are going to have a snog or have a patch, some sort of romantic sure. entanglement. Um. Anything else that got... Was there anything else in there? Particular... The Doctor stands on a landmine, I think. Very Genesis yeah. of the Daleks. Nothing particularly alarming. There was a costume of shooters that we haven't seen. Oh, yeah. Yasmin Finney's back. There was a costume of the Doctors we haven't seen yet, which was the white T-shirt with the black peacoat over the top. Um, oh, yeah. Where he yeah. gives Ruby a cuddle. There's also that shot, which we know that's the sequence where Shooty debuts his lovely beanie. Um, unless that was just oh, keeping yeah, him warm on the hill, location up, up on, on the hill mountain, like, where we see is, yeah. a white haired lady in the background. So whether yeah. that's Mrs. Flood or if that's uh, Susan Twist's um, character, we'll have to yeah. wait and see. Um, yeah. And, and I reckon she, do we, we, did we never actually said who we thought Mrs. Flood was? I said the Rani. I said Paul McGann, but what do we, <laughs> what do we really think? I think it's the Rani. <laughs> do you really think it's the Rani? Yeah. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be like a mum from the future come back to watch over in the past or it's going to be Ruby old, old Ruby. Well, in that case, what like it has to be somebody trans-dimensional, trans-temporal because otherwise it's just, why doesn't every cunt who's on the show, I keep saying that word, I apologise. <laughs> wow. The word it, of today. I, I've got COVID. You can you just cut me some slack. I'm just feeling <laughs> is, sorry for myself. Is that, is that one of the symptoms, is it's it? The, yeah, you just keep saying C words. Um, why doesn't anyone, everyone, just look down the barrel of the lens and break the fourth wall in Doctor Who? If that character isn't... Uh, Tom Baker did all the time. <laughs> okay, but apart from when Tom did it because he's off his rocker, and maybe Anita Dobson was like, do you know what? I'll, I'm just going to do this for a laugh. Russell was like, yes, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I want. 
why else would that character look down the barrel of the lens if no, they're you're, not you're right. something they, else is going on, you know? But maybe, maybe they're just somebody new. I think. I don't necessarily think it has to be someone from old Doctor Who. I think it could be somebody new. But they might have huge implications. Maybe. Maybe. I I, I've, I love seeing people I reckon say, it's Sutek. Because yeah. she was sat down and he spends most of his time sat down. True. So there we go. If only we'd had a stagehand poking her ass from behind and then we would have known <laughs> whether or not that was the case. I, uh, I'll go yeah. back and watch and see if there's anyone crouched down holding a cushion <laughs> in place. <laughs> I hope so. I um yeah I don't know I uh I it's speculation at the end of the day no one's right no one's wrong so for anyone on Twitter saying can we just say that it's a new character why does it have to always be the Rani why does it always have to be Omega that people are bringing up mm. if people are doing that it's fine you know like yeah don't get pissy about it I think mm. it's the Rani I think every character is the Rani I think Jinx Monsoon is the Rani I think the Sucky Sucky Monster is the Rani. Um, I think that chubby Paul McCartney is fucking <laughs> is is the sucky sucky monster and yeah. the Rani in one go. I mean, I think unless it's a particularly bad angle that it shot is. that we see in the trailer, you know, fuck me, whoever cast those guys as the Beatles needs a sack. <laughs> what? Because I'm right here. I can do all four of them. <laughs> I, you know, come on, just get a green screen out. <laughs> I'm gonna save. I'm gonna. I'll save it till the episode actually comes out to do all four of them. But yeah. you know, you got that teaser. I mean, coming. are you? Are you? Are you a bit like? Oh God! Don't don't ruin my boys. They've already been ruined from looking at. Like when I when I looked at that shot, I was like, okay, it's, <laughs> it's, oh, it's all, it. <laughs> it's, it, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. But I can forgive it. I so for anyone who hasn't seen the thread on Twitter. I think the devil's chord is the jang from the start of A Hard Day's Night. And everything you see on screen is correct, except for the fact that none of them look like the Beatles for a start. Uh, <laughs> the Ringo's drums are totally wrong. George, if they are playing that chord in that moment in the studio, it should be playing a 12-string Rickenbacker, not his Gretsch Country Gentleman. And... Studio two at Abbey Road, where all that stuff is recorded, is on two levels. So they should be looking down on them, not straight across. So f when Russell was walking, um, what's his face? Uh, you may well think that, Al but I couldn't possibly Al comment. Alan Yentop. <laughs> Alan Yentop. When, when he was walking him around, and this was this room, there was a big battle in Abbey Road Studio One. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I suppose because, yeah, if you wanted to do a scene where you're shooting the actual Beatles stuff, which would be a representation of Studio Two, you can't really do a big fight scene in there. So you probably thought, let's have all the characters move to Studio One for that one scene, not have all the Beatles stuff. One of the most archived bands in the history of recorded sound recording in the wrong fucking room. It's fine. So it was ruined the second I saw it. So it's only up from here. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to see the Beatles in Doctor Who. Um, they're, you know, I know that again. they're all going to be, again, <laughs> I know that they're all going to be, hi, my name's John. Hi, my name's Paul. I know they're all <laughs> going to be like that. And they're all going to say, oh, look, we're in Abbey Road Studios in Liverpool or something fucking daft like that. It's going to be something that annoys I cannot, me. I cannot wait to review that episode with you. And I'm so excited that it's only the second episode in the series. I know. I know. It's going to totally it ruin it for me. So quickly. This will be the make or break for Billy. It will. It will. <laughs> if, this they, is... if they balls this up, that'll be it. Fuck it. Doctor Who's dead. 
You know, it wasn't it wasn't the wokeness or any of that <laughs> stuff that killed it. He pulls out the Beatles. If they get, I look, we know people who work on it. If you knew you were doing a Beatles episode, I understand you don't want to tell us necessarily because we have Doctor Who podcast. But you, yeah, have we got this guitar right? I don't. I'm not going to tell you what it's for, but I'm on a set somewhere. DM me. Mm. I'm on mm. a set somewhere. Is this guitar right? Yes or no? No. Is this man too fat to play Paul McCartney <laughs> in the sixties? Oh God. Okay. Oh, putting uh, all this screaming and c-wording and sweating down to COVID. It's just part of the part of the symptoms now. Right. Uh, that was the Church and Ruby Road, Matt. Anything else to add? No, that was it. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, enjoy your new year. Um, yeah, sorry, happy this came new out year. a bit later than normal, but. It's Christmas, isn't it? It's hard, Christmas. hard to try and do stuff. You know, I, I'm glad I watched it a second time because if I'd have recorded this... Oh, uh, yeah, it would have been... The, no, it would have been... I'd just been like... But, hey, there we go. I would not not been happy. But, no, it was fine. It was. It was. It, it is what it is. We'll see what happens when it gets, gets properly going in the new year. Talk about and, bloody copium. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, Billy. I have to take the copium. <laughs> I have to. Um, that we've got a lucrative venture here. How how can I not how can I not stop watching Doctor Who? <laughs> Even if he hates it, he'll still watch it. Just for it, that. I'll still I'll, I'll still watch it. Like like all those assholes, like uh, Noel Zone and all those people who just yeah. watch it to hate it. Oh, um, don't he'll he'll we, don't say his name. He'll misspell at you on his private Twitter. Oh uh, well, whatever. Um, we're at the end. No one's here at the end. They've all, they've all, all fed up. up. <laughs> they've yeah. all gone. Um, yeah. So thank you very much for, for watching and supporting the podcast. We will see you in the new year. What are we doing next? What's the next we're episode? Doing, well, so the next episode we're reviewing, uh, uh, mm, well, okay. The next thing we're doing is the Roddies. That's the hey! award show. So we're back on the Roddies. So there'll be voting going up on the social medias over the next couple of weeks. But the next episode that we're reviewing will be after that. And that will be the very first Dalek story, The Daleks. In colour. In colour. So there we go. Lovely stuff. Well, see you in colour very soon. Bye-bye.